It's 7.04, May 27th, and you're listening to KNKR, LP 96.1 FM, Kohala. And, of course, that's uh, one of our famous musicians from Kohala, uh, John Kiave, Okauko uh, Kapoe. Beautiful song. I always love to hear it. And, uh, you know, I want to apologize. Uh, uh, last last um, Thursday, uh I'm sorry, but uh, we're going to do a, a show on famous people or people of Kohala uh, that, uh, you know, became famous. Well, they're already famous, but uh, everybody's famous, but uh, ran into a snag. But anyway, 
I'm happy to have uh, Lonnie Eugenio, who did this project of uh, identifying and talking to people, uh, people that were from Kohala, and they went out and uh, made a name for themselves, so to speak. How did you? How do you? Uh, how did you get involved with that anyway, Lonnie? What What inspired you to do that? Well, in the 2010 reunion, it was Marianne Lim who wanted to do something about the uh, musicians of Kohala because, you know, there are so many musicians that came from Kohala. Everything started in Kohala. And so that's how we first started. And, um, you know, it was... So that musical part is actually dedicated to uh, Marianne Lim. And so in the 2015 reunion, I thought, you know, there's so many other people that are famous from Kohala. And I wanted to do this because I came here because um, my good friend, Lithia Ching. Oh, uh, they lived in New Lee, the Ching family. Yeah, yeah. Sky Ching was her. Ah, Sky Ching. Her dad. And his, and his yeah, wife. And Mary, Mary yeah, Lindsay. Mary. Yeah. And so... When I came here, um, I mean, uh, at, at, we're classmates at Kamehameha, you know, boarders do. And so she would always tell me about how beautiful this place was and how she loved the community and how she loved the people and the place and everything. And I just couldn't believe anybody could love it so much. I love their community so much. So... I decided, well, okay, I'm going to do this thing, and this is for uh, Lithia Ching, really. Uh, and, you know, as I started learning about these people, I found that, oh, they had that love for Kohala. There's something about Kohala. And so, um, but, you know, like, of course, we're known for uh, King Kamehameha. And oh, yeah, uh yeah, if you don't talk about anybody, Kohala, King Kamehameha, of course. Yes, and we have the King original Kamehameha. statue uh, here. Oh, yeah, the original statue. Yeah, so everything is about King And there's Kamehameha. a big story behind that, too. <laughs> but, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so he's the unifier of the Hawaiian Islands, and, you know, he lifted the Naha Stone. This is so mythical and magical about this guy. And, you know, he, but he also... Um, was strong in his culture, his religion, <coughs> the old religion, yet he employed Western technology for battles. And, um, you know, he worked alongside um, the farmers to plant and restore the land once he, you know. Um, yeah, he brought it into conflict where yeah. people could live in peace and apply themselves to. So. The culture, the arts, agriculture, and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. He retained the kapu system, but he outlawed human sacrifice, which was a great thing, you know. And he also... He did that? Yeah. I, I didn't know that. After that, you don't hear about human sacrifices. After he united the islands? Yeah. He uh, ended human sacrifice. Wow. Yeah. His other, the oh. last one was at um, Pu'ukohola, yeah. Oh, Ke'u'a. Yeah. yeah. His... Uh, from Ka'u. The chief of Ka'u. Yeah. yeah. His cousin, they were, actually. Um, they said the uh, Kohala and Ka'u people, <coughs> even till this day, they don't get along. I don't know if that's true, but they always were rivals. Mm -hmm. And there's still this uh, 
stigma that, you know, Kamehameha killed their leader, Keua. Of course, I, I don't think that applies today, but uh, the old-timers would talk about that. Mm -hmm. They talk about that yeah. rivalry. So he's, he was um, just a great man. He, he has, um, he did that human rights in war, you know, the law of Koi the spring. Mm -hmm. uh, law yeah. of the spring, um, splintered paddle. Yeah. That um, you don't hurt the civilians, yeah. And even in the Western world, they still didn't have that kind of um, compassion during war. Well, he had to learn a lesson about that. Remember, he was in Hilo. They were going to make trouble. And he saw these fishermen and their family, and he, they, he landed, and he chased after them. His foot got stuck in a crevice. One of the fishermen turned around and cracked him on the head with his paddle. So that's why it's called Hui Bomalahoi, the uh, law of the splintered paddle. <laughs> but, you know, something like that, a great leader recognized the fact that, you know what, this isn't right. Yeah. And he, and he made that law. And he could have put this guy to death. Oh, definitely. You know, but it, when he became the leader, he had um, multi-ethnic advisors. It's known, you know, he had the English and the American, uh, Davis, and um, what's the other one? <laughs> I don't know. I'll forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, he had the English and American. He had a Spanish, Francisco de Paula Marin. He had the Chinese and African-American former slave, you know, they were all his advisors who told uh, him and advised him about the world and, you know, what they went through and who to trust and all these other stuff. That's a mark of a, a remarkable leader who recognizes uh, that you don't know everything. You don't have to know anything, but make use of what's available to you to, uh, you know, uh, promote your whatever you want to promote. Mm -hmm. like, like Henry Ford. You know, uh, he, 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 he's, I remember reading something, he said, well, of course he doesn't know anything, but he, he had the money to hire people that did know, <laughs> to put together his assembly line. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so, anyway, this, I collected some statements from people and all these other stuff, but, you know, I, I looked at his life and all that and realized that, you know, Ko uh, Kohala people protected Kamehameha from the time of his birth and raised him to become strong, courageous leader of a new nation. And the king's attitude, his aloha for the land and its people, is one that has been passed down through generations. You know, aloha connected the king to the commoner, and aloha for our community is what connects uh, Kohala's past to its future. And as I went through, you know, all these people, you... Um, there's that connection. There's that connection. And there's no place no else. No matter what ethnic group or whatever. Yeah, uh, but specifically for Kohala, I lived in different communities. You know, I come from Hamakua side. But Kohala is totally different. You know, they have that aloha. Wow, great. Yeah. So as I'm going through this, I... I, I um, have these different people uh, that I learned of, and one of them is uh, Joseph Mokohai Poipoi, who is actually 
one of my descendants. Oh, wow, you talk about him. Yeah, he's um, <clears throat> uh, lived in, uh, born in 1852 and uh, lived till 1913. But this story was brought to my attention by uh, um, Gail Perez oh, and her Gail. husband. Yeah. yeah. And said, hey, this is your relative. <laughs> oh, okay. And my um, grandfather's uh, sister is Sarah Poipoi Capella, who married um, Sam Lia, oh, the musician. Oh, uh, Ilave. Yeah. Who wrote Ilave? No, no, his father oh, wrote his father wrote it. Yeah. But he was also called the songwriter of uh, White Peel. Okay. So what's so? He um, this Joseph Poipoi was highly educated. He went to um, school in Ko Kohala, the uh, um, and then he went to the uh, Royal School and Ahuamanu College. Then he studied law in North Kohala with a judge, um, Kamaka Kai. Uh, Kamaka Aya. I wonder if he's related to Kamaka Aya. <laughs> Remember? <Not sure>. <laughs> anyway. He's an interesting guy, though. Yeah, so he, from Honolulu, he went to the um, law school of um, W.R. Castle and the law school of S.B. Dole. And so he was very close to them, and he received his full license to practice law in all courts of uh, Hawaii. He was also the editor of many newspapers in Hawaii. And um, then he came back and he was an assistant teacher of a British government school in Ainakea. Then he was um, a teacher at Bond a Boarding School in Kohala. He was the first to establish an English language school in Kohala. Wow. So he played a big part in history in the Hawaiian language newspapers. He worked for several newspapers or started uh, several newspapers. And his father, uh, G.W. Poipoi, was also known as G.W. Kahiolo. And he was a writer of legends, the Kamapua'a legends. So all those things you learn about Kamapua'a is um, possibly from this G.W. Poipoi. Wow, interesting. So they're I, very I, I, educated. I, I, yeah, I like those Kamapua'a legends because some of them originate right here in Kohala, especially mm -hmm. up in the Malio area. And he was a friend of the um, you know, Kalakaua family and wrote a biography of King Kalakaua. But um, interestingly, he became a pro-annexationist uh, following the 1895 coup, uh, probably because you know he studied law under... Um, Castle and Dole, and he was close to them. So, you know, that's another side of um, a Hawaiian being in, uh, on the other side. But that was interesting. And another person is um, John Wise. Have you ever heard of John Wise? I've heard of John Wise. I've heard people that mention on Facebook, like Koala Kako. They mentioned, uh, they've talked about John Wise. Yeah, I've um, had him on my list for 
uh, years, and they had to put it all together. But anyway, John Rice was a reverend politician. You know, he was a cultural practitioner and became a farmer and also a kahuna lapa'au. Anyway, when he was little, he, he grew up in Kohala. Then he went to uh, this uh, uh, boarding school in Hilo. And the headmaster of the boarding school was asked to be the first principal at Kamehameha schools. And so he took several of his top students, at that time it was uh, Kamehameha schools for boys, yeah. Right. And so he took the top stu- his top students from Hilo and um, brought, him, brought them with him at Kamehameha. So John Wise was um, from the first graduating class in 1887 of Kamehameha, same time as Charles E. King, you know, the writer, the um, musician. Remember Charles E. King? Yeah. So... At Kamehameha, he used to, uh, was an athlete, you know, and he got a scholarship to go to Oberlin uh, College, and uh, he was supported by the missionaries. So he ended up becoming a football player, and he was really good. Uh, uh, And his um, coach was first... First year coach, you know, was this guy named John Heisman. Of the uh, Heisman Trophy. Yeah, yeah. Did John Heisman the Heisman Trophy? Or anything? <laughs> no. Oh he, well. That was his. That was his coach. Yeah. Uh, and John Wise was his star. Oh. And he he um, brought Oberlin. You know. Um, you know, championships and all that. And so many things are written about um, John Wise being this amazing football player. It said that um, he was so strong, uh, this Hawaiian was so strong that he could carry three to five men on his back, although he was shorter than most of these, you know, big, tall, holly guys. But, yeah, they, um, they always talk about his strength and how he could run and all these other stuff. But he, he uh, brought Oberlin um, uh, championships and actually made uh, John Heisman famous, from, you know. So later he taught at Kamehameha. He was a supporter of um, the UH, and he helped develop the Hawaiian language and Hawaiian studies classes. So he was from he was Kohala a, as well. He right? was from Kohala. And he later became a politician and... Um, uh, with Prince Kuhio, and uh, they wrote the stuff on Hawaiian homes, and possibly he wrote it as he was, you know, highly uh, educated. So, anyway, um, another one is uh, uh, Joe Fern, Joseph Fern, and he was the first um, mayor of Honolulu. He was from what? Do you know what part of Kohala he was from? No, it just says North Kohala. I didn't find out. Where. And he became the first mayor of Honolulu. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that was really interesting because he was. Um, he started off at Union Mill Plantation. He was a bullock, uh, a cart driver. Then he went to Honolulu. Yeah, and he he, he, uh, he ran the the the, 
the cart team, mm -hmm. right? Probably for hauling cane or whatever. Yeah. That was his job. Yeah, when he was younger, and then he went to Honolulu and be became mill. a trolley, trolley driver. He was at Union Mill? Yeah. Oh, the sugar mill, the Union Mill. Oh, all right. Mm -hmm. Then he became a trolley driver in um, Honolulu and a shipmaster, and then he started um, getting into politics, you know. But it was really interesting. He had done so many things. And um, to get an idea of who he was, he, there's a school named after him. And oh, that's Fern, Fern school. school. Yeah. yeah. So this is what the um, um, Star Bulletin and Fern School history says about him, of who he is. So, quote, I'm quoting them. Mr. Fern... Um, let me see. Mr. Fern stood in the relation of a father to his people. He was one of the old school of Hawaiians, open-handed, sympathetic, and always ready to help his people. While the supervisors at times fought him tooth and nail and criticized him in no uncertain terms in open meetings, he nevertheless had the respect of them, all of them. He died of diabetes when he was only 47 years old. But he was so well-loved, even by the Americans and all that. And I think the, he had um, planes fly over at his funeral, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so he was uh, the first, uh, he was a mayor of Honolulu. Yeah, first mayor. And this guy used to be a, a bullock cart driver at Union Mill. Yeah. Now, that, now that is something. <laughs> yeah, so, so all you listeners out there, you know, especially if any young guys, it doesn't matter where you start out in life. What's important is where you end up. Yeah. And evidently, this guy did uh, was able to accomplish a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it says, this other guy says, um, Hawaiian Historical Society, it says, he was warm-hearted, welcoming, with a sense of humor. Fern brought his personal style to City Hall. You know, such good things that was written about him. Oh, well, you know, probably, I think, you know, guy. it's like the, you mentioned earlier these Kohala people. You know, the, when I came to Kohala, the people were like so friendly, uh, almost like innocent, you know, in a way, mm -hmm. but just uh, open and <clears throat> a lot of aloha. And you know, so far from what you've been talking about, these guys are uh, very, very humble, a lot yeah. of humility. Yeah, and so there's actually two schools in on Oahu that's named after Kohala people, and the other one is um, the um, Samuel Elementary School, um, and this is for uh, Samuel K. Solomon, who came from Havi Up Camp, Camp Seventeen, in oh, yeah? North Kohala. Yeah, Samuel Solomon. Oh. Samuel Solomon is related to um, the Carvalho's. Um, what, what's um, his name? Uh, Jason. Jason Carvalho, his mother, and uh, Samuel oh, Solomon oh, were. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, Jason, Sinto boy. Yeah, and. Um, oh, he was my fishing partner. The wow. um, Mary Lou and. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mary Lou Ignacio. Yeah, and yeah. Um, the other Carvalho. Oh, I, I don't remember why I forget her. <laughs> oh, Joe, Joe, Joe Carvalho. Carvalho yeah. yeah. So that was his uncle. And uh, um, the reason why they named uh, this school after him was because um, he says it says that 
under intense machine gun fire, he charged time after time into L um, enemy crossfire to carry severely wounded men to safety. As he was carrying out the last of his men, he was mortally wounded. There were 44 men that he um, took out, you know, saved. saved. Yeah. Wow. So this one guy, this um, retired uh, major general, says, uh, quote, I've used him, Samuel, as a measurement for NCO leadership and what a real man who wasn't afraid to talk about his faith and who led by example, a man who was a great soldier and at the same time one of the warmest and most decent human beings I'd ever known. Wow. So kohala, yeah. Yeah, you know, and we're going to take a short break and we're going to be right back. We're talking with Lonnie Eugenio and talking about people that went from kohala, humble beginnings, and uh, I don't want to use the word they became famous, but uh, they kind of put Kohala on the map with their Aloha spirit. Be right back.
Oh, sorry, I had my mic off. Uh, we've been listening to uh, Lili Likua by a good friend of mine, Makayo, and his wife, Rosin Kupaka'a. Uh, to me, they're famous. You know, they're, they're great singers, but I played that for a good friend out in New Lee, Sarah Pooley. Uh, she said, she told me that when she, uh, when I played that uh, two Thursdays ago, and it kind of brought tears to the eyes because, you know, uh, the only people, they're, they're very close. And Makayo was uh, in Roslyn, uh, are from nearly, along with, you know, a bunch of other people, of course. But, uh, yeah, Matthew, beautiful voice. Anyway, we're here with uh, Lani Eugenia. She's been talking about this research of all these people from Kohala that went out and made a name for themselves. And so we're back here with Lani Eugenia. Who else did you... Uh, well, research, Lonnie. speaking about um, New Lee, this guy is from New Lee, and he is uh, uh, Sarah Pulefuji's um, grandfather. So this is Akone Puli, the the um, uh, highway is named after him, and he was a state of Hawaii House of Representatives for about well, one of the longest guys, over twenty years. Anyway, he. Um, uh, he did so many things for Kohala, and um, one of them was like to build that uh, highway. The, not yeah, the highway because you know they had Kohala to uh, Koihai. Uh, yeah, to the hotels. Yeah, yeah. Back in the and it ended at Mauna Kea around that before then, but anyway, he was also. Um, built that um, port at um, Kauai High. And so many people, I mean, Hilo didn't want to give up their uh, um, power, you know. Oh, yeah, they wanted everything in Hilo. Yes. Hotels, the port, airport, all that stuff. So he was an advocate for better waterways, better public education. And, you know, the the thing that was so impressive was that he had an 11th grade education, and as a representative, he felt that he had to read all the laws and study harder and put more effort into it because everybody else was more educated than he was. What was the reason why he just went to the 11th grade? Uh, he had to work s- to support the family, yeah, so his those parents. Yeah, good yeah. point. And what point I want to bring up is that was true for a lot of the, uh, uh, the people in Kohala. They only went to school so f- so much, and then they stopped to go to work because they had to s- help support the family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, plantation wages was low, you know, and so everybody had to chip in and help. So, okay. Yeah, So, uh, but he really worked hard, and he did a lot for, um, you know, this area. His area was from Ko- Kohala to Kona at that time. Big um, area. Yeah. So, you know, I'd like to... <coughs> um, read a statement that this guy made and he says all who were privileged to know him were impressed by his honesty his decency and his sincerity like his Kohala district Akoni was ruggedly straightforward in all his relationships with others in a very real sense he symbolized the natural goodness of Hawaii that was by John A. Burns who was the governor at that time yeah so you know, this is the kind of guys that we had. 
Yeah, and uh, I'd say his uh, granddaughter, Sarah, is kind of like stepping into those shoes. She's an advocate for her newly community, uh, Makapala, in that area, you know, and she does a really great job. And I wouldn't use the word feisty, but I would say she's very uh, not afraid to speak up. Yeah, great. Well, maybe feisty is okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, uh, Akone Pule. Yeah. Wow. And another person is uh, Ikua Hisaoka. Oh, Hisaoka. We have the um, gym named after him. But he was a councilman, and he and Akone Pule worked together to get things for Kohala. So he got, you know, like the um, uh, Kapaa Beach Park Pavilion, uh, paving roads to Keokea Beach Park, Pololu uh, Lookout, and the Kamehameha Park Sports Complex. The swimming pool, oh, the swimming pool. Uh, tennis courts, ballpark lights, and all that. So, you know, they work together to um, improve Kame- uh, uh, Kohala. And I think after Akonepuli died, they <laughs> redistrict the place so, Ko- so Kohala wouldn't be so strong. <laughs> uh, probably. Uh, you know, uh, the story that went around was so cool. Uh, Hisoka was at uh, Waimea got the library. You know, they got this big library that's still there today. And Kohala got the swimming pool. I think we got the better end of the deal. Yeah, we ended up getting a library anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Years later, but still yet. (laughs) But yeah, two great men uh, serving their community. And I remember, uh, when I got here, Akoni was not only here, but I remember Hisoka, very friendly guy. The guy was always joking and, you know, just, you know, plenty of law, that guy. But, you know, he was, uh, he saw, uh, you know, and uh, that was pretty good. What else you got there? Yeah. Uh, well, just a, a statement from the class prophecy in Kohala High School Annual, uh, 33, and it says about uh, Ikuo. It says, and then there leapt upon a stage a good old soul, Ikuo, an actor he who uttered words that made the audience roar. So he was, you know, he was voted happy-go-lucky and best yo-yo player and all that. So he must have been a real character. I, th- I think he was. <laughs> <laughs> From what I knew of him briefly, yeah. Yeah, it so. was funny. Another person is um, Sarah Moku Pule. Oh, Auntie Sarah. This is the wife of Akoni Pule. She was a community leader. Oh, yeah. A musician, oh, yeah. a composer, and she was... Um, a, uh, uh, you know, she was the one that people would go to to uh, translate songs, just like the song that you played earlier, uh, John Keave. Yeah, he, um, she wrote the English. Yeah. I mean, uh, Hawaiian. Hawaiian. They asked her to write the translated. Yeah. What I can say about Auntie Sarah was uh, she'd always be called upon to give a blessing mm-hmm. at you know various uh, events, mm-hmm. and they would call Auntie Sarah. Yeah. And she uh, completed. I remember the she term. gave me scolding too, you know, because they used to live behind her house. And I remember they had this veranda, big veranda, and uh, Sarah, baby Sarah, we used to call her, and her cousins, uh, Dallas Holesso, Bernie Capella, and you know, Auntie Sarah, she was a musician. And uh, baby Sarah guys would sit on the veranda and would listen to them sing. And they would harmonize, and they, wow, they're really beautiful. But that was some of my memories of living behind the house in the old Cabrera house in Newly, next to the yeah. street. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So she uh, she served, uh, completed 
Akonipulu's term when he passed away, and she served with honor and distinction. She was very well um, respected. Oh, and yeah, yeah. So, uh, Daniel Akaka said, her dedication to preservation of the Hawaiian culture seemed to pervade virtually every facet of her active life, and the joy and enlightenment she spread to all whom she touched are immeasurable. That's she, how she was. Yeah, she made a big change in my life, you know. Uh, I was just uh, aimless. And she said, Jeffrey, uh, you go run for a Hawaiian Civic Club president. It wasn't like asking me. It was more like telling me. <laughs> you know, and I did. I said, okay. And uh, from there, then on, I got involved in the community, community service. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was uh, a great leader in that respect. They're yeah, always serving people. Yeah, great. Like her husband, uh, Akone. So now I have some other women who um, were famous from in Kohala. Kohala. Yeah. From Kohala. One of them Kohala is, is strong, women. Yeah, and beautiful. Oh, The yeah, most yeah. beautiful women. Even when I came to Kohala, I thought, oh my goodness, they have such beautiful women. But Napua Stevens is one of them, and she's uh, an entertainer, producer, author, Trustee or uh, all Stevens stuff? family from Kokoiki. Mm -hmm. That's where the family is from. Oh, oh, I see the picture here. Yeah, and my gosh, she is very beautiful. Yeah, she had I think green eyes. I didn't know her until later on in life, but she was very stately. I, she used to scare me because she was the whole uh, King Kamehameha Commission. They gave up money for Kamehameha Day. I was afraid of her. Oh, she was like stern. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, she never let anybody talk down to her or anything. No. <laughs> but she was um, a hula dancer. He was, she was everything. And she wrote a um, She was an author also. Uh, she had her own cooking show. She was um, um, an entertainer. She sang. I think she made Beyond the Reef famous. Um, she did a record of Hawaiian language. So she had a Hawaiian language record. Oh, wow. I had it. And, uh, she, oh, just all kinds of stuff. But anyway, she was known for her, her beauty. And um, let me see. Timo Stone of the Hawaiian Music Hall of Fame said, Napua came from a family rooted in the culture. She spoke fluent Hawaiian, but was also American, known for her classy elegance. That grace, that ground in culture, made her the most popular person on television in the 1950s. Wow, and she, for many years, emceed the uh, Mary Mara. Oh, yeah. 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 Amazing. I remember, I remember that. And another woman is this Yun Tao Zane. And she was the first Miss Hawaii in 1948 and the first Asian in Miss America pageant. Wow, and from Kohala. Yes, Kapa'au. The, Kapa the Zane family. Anyway, oh, yeah, the Zane family. Of, yeah, Kapa'au. Yes, so... You know, the corner across from the bank. Yeah. They're big, empty lot. Yeah. That's the Zane family. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't yeah. know who owns it now, but... Yeah, yeah, they were like business people. Yeah. They moved wow. to Honolulu. Anyway, um, back in, you know, when the Miss America pageant was founded in 1921 or so, in 1930s, there was a rule that was adopted specifying that contestants must be of good health and of the white race. Until Whoa. at least Whoa. 1940, all the contestants had to complete 
a biological data sheet that asked them to outline their lineage. So that's really interesting. She was um, um, voted most uh, uh, Miss Congeniality in the Miss America contest. Wow. And that's how she ended up finishing her schooling and all that. Her husband said um, this of her. He says he was attracted to her, not by her beauty, but her willingness to help serve Cokes and peanuts to the card-playing men. She was a giving person, her husband wow. said of her. Wow. Uh, if I said that about you, what? <laughs> I don't think you <laughs> She served that. Cokes and peanuts. So. <laughs> Amazing. But, you know, you have that same kind of things about that people. Aloha, that aloha, that yeah. kohala, uh, people that have, you know, just this deep-seated aloha. Because there's a love not only for each other but for the land. Yeah. For where they, their community, yeah. So another woman is Luana Pugmire. And she is the um, was the poster girl for Lucky You Live Hawaii back in the 1970s. She From Kohala also. Uh, yeah, Kauhi. the Pugmire family. Yeah, um, Yamamoto. Yeah, the yeah, mother Yamamoto. was. Um, Big Yamamoto family. Who was that now? The Yamamoto, the mother? Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, and Pugmire. Anyway, um, Leilani Scoville is her sister. So, Louise, Louise Pugmire. Yeah. 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 She was straight. Oh, yeah. Ooh, but scary. beautiful, beautiful Oh, but what heart of gold. Yeah, yeah. And she would teach his little kids, I remember. Heart of gold, but oh, my gosh. She yeah. can be stern. She was the most beautiful Great woman lady. around. Anyway, it, it's, um, she went all over the world. And she was with um, uh, Hawaiian Airlines. She was also a dancer, musician. Her husband was a musician. And her husband sang with Kahuano Lake. But anyway, this is a statement about her. Uh, anyway, she l almost lost her life in a traffic accident at age seven and had to relearn to walk and feed herself. And look, this girl later became the face and grace of Hawaii. But this is what Hon Honolulu Star Bulletin said about her in 1972. Miss Pugmire, 25, is tall, dark-haired, and has one of those 36, 25, 36 figures. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sexist to the max. Huh? Well, you know, that was back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. and it says, she is warm, friendly, and is a perfect representative for the 50th state. That's a Kohala girl. Uh, the next one is Kaulu. Um, she's known as Kaula, hula extraordinaire, model, TV host, and her hometown, of course, is Kohala. And she's Michelle, pe people know her over here as Michelle Kaulu Mahiahie Sin. Um, oh, Sin. Huh? Oh, oh, Sin. Sin. How's it S-I-N. Oh, no, no. Uh, Almara. No, oh, Almara. She's married to Almara. Oh, okay. Albert Almara. Yeah, Almara family. But anyway, she went to Kohala, you know, and all that. She's uh, uh, now a Kumuhula grad under Lealoha Lim and Nani Lim. Yep. And um, uh, so she's famous all around the world. And uh, uh, it says that her performance, her shares her joy. She's an inspiration to artists who have captured her style of hula. Uh, uh, she, Herb Connie drew her in, in his famous picture of this um, 
uh, her in different poses. I forget what they call hula holoku. So, uh, another person from Hawaii, I mean from Kohala, is the Reverend Mitsuo Aoki. He's a theologian, minister, professor, a founder of um, um, what is that? That that hospice. But Was a founder of hospice. Yeah. Co-founder of hospice. Co-founder of hospice, yeah. wow. So he taught about death and dying and all that. Uh, so his hometown is Havi, Japanese camp. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, co-founder of hospice. Wow, that's amazing. And he was a graduate from Kohala High, same time as Ikuo. Oh, he's a Oka. He's a Oka. And um, went to the mainland for his uh, uh, seminary studies and New York. He got his doctorates also. And he has, you know, living treasure aboard. But he did all these things. He was well known all over, you know. And this is what um, Reverend Clarence Liu, Liu says about him. It says, he was a real local boy. There was no pretense with nits. What you see is what you got. He had a joyful, optimistic attitude that was infectious. There was a great integrity and great truthfulness in the way he lived his life. Wow. Another one is um, from Kohala is Papa Henry Awai. Oh, yeah. Most he's of us pretty know famous. Him. Pretty well uh, known, I should say. Yeah. And he's a, a kahuna lapa'au, a herbal, herbal healer, who's from uh, Kokoiki. Kokoiki. Yeah. So... Um, most people know him and all of his uh, stuff, but what he had said is healing is a gift from God and all herbs are placed on earth for all mankind. Love your family, love yourself, and love God. All right. Another um, uh, healer. healer was Uncle Tommy Solomon, and he was a kahuna lapa'au, a bone setter, and a musician's. Um. Uh, yeah, he's pretty well known here in Kohala. Uh, one side I'll share is that I dislocated my foot, but I was on the other side of the island. So I didn't get back to him, to see him like two days later. Went, went to see him, he said, oh, what happened? I said, oh, I was uh, diving on another side of the island and uh, dislocated my foot. And he said, how come you didn't come right away? And I said, oh, because we're fishing. And he gave me scolding. He said, no mind fishing. When you get injured, you have to come right away. And so he said, now I cannot put your foot back together because you're swollen. But, uh, and he'd always tell me, he says, you know, it's not me that heals you. He always would point his finger up, upward and say, it's him, the man upstairs. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. humble. Yeah, Very so humble. this is a quote from um, Christina Hinokawa, his daughter. It says um, how he became what he uh, uh, the healer. He says, um, in a dream, he found the inspiration of what he should be. His uncle, Kaihui Kupukao, who lived in Mahukona, told him it was his calling. He used herbs that he would gather and would fix broken bones, pulled muscles, stra uh, sprains, and he did lomi lomi massage. This was done with no money exchange. He'd tell his patients to donate to their preferred religion and offer him prayers and blessings. Yeah. Amazing guy. Another, other healers, now this is in modern medicine, uh -huh. and um, these are two brothers, uh, half-brothers. One is Nelson Enriquez, 
and the other is J. Viernes. Oh, two, two well-known families. Yeah. Uh, Viernes and uh, Enrique's. Yeah. yeah, same mother, oh, different uh, fathers, you know, and um, they lived in Halaula. But this Dr. Enriquez became a famous ophthalmologist. He was very well known. There was a big article in the paper about him, how he um, did all these things, these amazing things. But he was a valedictorian at Kohala High School, a class of student president and all these other stuff. But he um, went to UCAL. He had an Army RTC college scholarship, went to UCAL and graduated summa cum laude, and then he went to Harvard Medical School on a full scholarship. He was a member of the Alpha Omega Honor Society, and he graduated from Harvard. I think he was the first um, Kohala graduate from Harvard, and he graduated cum magna cum laude in 1975. He's just amazing. But anyway, he did all these things. And he died when he was young. Uh, um, I think he was only about 40-something, 40 41 or so. But this is what his uh, sister Jo Estabilio said about him. She says, Nelson's heart was always home in Hawaii. He never forget, forgot how difficult it was to be poor. His patients, employees, and colleagues all described him as a brilliant, kind generous and sympathetic doctor who was well-liked, respected, and admired by all who knew and worked with him. And his brother, Jay Viernes, ended up being a dermatologist. He's um, on the mainland, and uh, he's done so many stuff, too, good stuff. Um, graduated from the U.S. Air Force Academy, and um, went to med school also. So in his statement, Jay says, growing up in Kohala with a small town experiences, great parents and a loving family surrounded by each other, surrounded by a community with hardworking and good people who all know each other, helped shape my core values as a person, and I truly believe my path to successful career would have been dramatically different had I not grown up in such a special place. Oh, it's a tribute to uh, the All community the of Kohala. Yeah. Um, another person in the science field uh, is Dr. Goro Uihara. And he's a distinguished professor, scientist, author. And his hometown is uh, Hawaii, Camp 17. Oh, Camp 17. Again, yeah. Let's hear for Camp 17. <laughs> yeah. So he... Um, was a professor and scientist, and he also did software at a time when hardly anybody was doing that. He died in January um, 2012. So he was new at this uh, software. He was a software developer in agrotechnology. And he went all over the world. Um, he did projects in Thailand, uh, West Africa, Indonesia, and all that. But his... Um, he says, growing up in Kohala in the late 1930s, I never dreamed I would have the opportunity to travel to many foreign countries and impact the lives of so many farmers around the world. And yet, that is where my career has taken me. So amazing that you just grew up in Kohala like that. And another um, 
famous scientist is Dennis Gonzales. You know, Dr. Dennis yeah, Gonzales yeah, yeah. Uh, from Halaula Mill Camp. He was a renowned plant pathologist. and He saved the uh, papaya industry. They saved Hawaii's papaya industry. He worked in, um, uh, he was with Cornell University, uh, a professor there, and University of Florida, all, all over. And he married a Kayavi girl. Yeah. Obed's daughter, right? Yeah, Carol. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he went to Halaula School and then Kamehameha and, you know, did all that. But he says, I was born and raised on a sugar plantation on Hawaii Island, but never aspired to be a scientist until I worked as a technician under Dr. Eduardo Trujillo of the UH of Hawaii. He let me loose trying to figure out what was causing a disease of papaya, and that experience convinced me that I wanted to be a plant pathologist. So this other, um, now I'm going to these two athletes. Oh, I, I like that part. Yeah, who went to um, the Olympics. Whoa. They're Olympians. Can you imagine Kohala produced two Olympians? So one is Chokin. Um, oh, Maikawa. Maikawa. And he went to 1956 uh, Melbourne uh, Olympian boxing. That's in um, Australia, yeah. And he was from Javi. And um, anyway... He was known as a pride of Kohala and everything. He was a great boxer. He went to um, Michigan State University under a scholarship. At that time, they used to have a scholarship for boxing. And, and he got a scholarship to go to college. Yeah. And so he, um, while he was there, he had 18 wins, three losses, and one draw. And he went to the Olympics. And went to the Olympics. How he he was there? the best um, in the U.S., yeah. you know. Uh, uh, well, what happened was that he was disqualified for being one ounce overweight. One ounce overweight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so uh, attempts to have him, you know, move up to featherweight class kind of failed. And the Hawaii athletes blamed it on the Ono uh, kangaroo stool. But according to um, his son, uh, Shoen uh, Mayakawa, he told me, uh, quote, one of his teammates always used to cut in line, in the lunch line. So one day, my dad told him to get in the back of the line. That started an argument or scuffle. So as punishment, the coaches made them spar against each other because each wanted an advantage in sparring. Both of them decided to gain weight to get the edge. Well, lo and behold, both of them got disqualified. For being overweight. Yeah. One ounce. One uh, ounce. Well, he was one ounce. I don't know about the other guy. Oh, let me tell you a quick story about Chokin. Uh, I, I didn't know him personally. I didn't meet him. But he reminds me of uh, Manny Pacquiao. Uh, we met Manny in Mindanao, Philippines. And when we shook Manny's hand, you could just feel this, I don't know, this power. And just the same time when I shook uh, Chokin's hand, when I did first meet him, whew, you could just feel this power coming through his arm. Anyway, but mm -hmm. Chokin was a great boxer. Him, Jimmy Cowdy, and his uh, brother, uh, Chose. Uh, those were great boxers. Okay, well, the next one is um, uh, Daniel Zane Kaliko Kokli. Daniel Zane. And you can <coughs> see his um, mural, uh, mural oh, at, the pool. at the pool, at Kohala Pool. Anyway, he uh, went to the 2008 
Olympics. Uh, and Beijing, China. Beijing, China. He came in uh, 30 something, 38, 39, or 30, something like that. But anyway, um, he was the youngest in the top 50. There were like 100 um, swimmers. And <coughs> he became the fastest 18 year old in the world at that time. So that was pretty good, even if he didn't get the gold medal. So anyway, um, um, when he was 10 years old, he said, I want my goal is to become an Olympic swimmer. And uh, Miguel Molina at the Thai Sea Games said, when, da um, when Daniel said he was getting the gold, we all laughed. Then he did. We in he inspired us to win. And that Philippine team, they became the most gifted, um, uh, most medaled Philippine national swim team in history in the Philippine history. So, since you were his coach, did you want to say anything? Jeez. <laughs> oh, well, 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 no, there was like, the, the thing that I noticed about all these people that you mentioned, uh, there's, you know, interesting, like, we never talked about how rich they were, or how much money they made, or what businesses they had. But the, the the main focus, it sounds, from all your research is these people loved Kohala. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, and so, and, and they were so humble. Uh, um, uh, Dan Lyons says about uh, Daniel, he says, he's one of the most gifted athletes of the world. He's incredibly talented. I don't know if he really knows just how talented he is. So this is a kind of, you know, humbleness that Kohala people yeah, have. Yeah, all these guys were, like, humble, you know, uh, and it seems, to me, it seemed like they're very community service-oriented, mm -hmm. uh, involved in helping people. From, uh, uh, yeah. And so one of the newest people on the list is Chloe Ali'i Carvalho. Oh, I trained her in swimming. Yeah, and so she was the uh, singer and voice artist for the Disney film uh, film Moana, and now she's doing all kinds of stuff. And, you know, she's, what, almost 21, but she's doing all kinds of stuff. She has all kinds of awards. Oh, she has turned into this beautiful woman. Oh, my goodness. I was her coach, swim coach, and yeah. she would show up at the pool, and I'd tell her, Chloe, sing us a song. And right then and there, without any hesitation, should start singing a song. And I just would love to hear her sing. So for you listeners out there, you want to be famous, then let me coach you in swimming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she says her favorite is swimming, and her favorite hobby is swimming and surfing. And she says um, uh, when she was interviewed, uh, the person said, you know, but while there's just no telling how far she'll go, she's still holding fast to her roots. And this is what she says. She says, I'm still, I hope, the local girl who came from Kohala. She was born and raised in Kohala. And she says, I loved every second of it. I spent time climbing the avocado tree and creating and directing plays in the yard. She read and, and wrote a lot. And she just cherished her moments in Kohala. Wow. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it's, we've run out of time. And there's a lot of people you went through in such a short period of time, I'm sure. We could have talked more and more about each person. 
but and there's other more oh, people yeah, that yeah. I got to go research, yeah. you know. And so if anybody wants to, um, uh, um, you know, get in touch with Jeffrey and give him some ideas of who else, you know. Well, a lot of these guys are from yesteryear. Yeah, I mean, from way before, you know, back then when Kuala was a, still a plantation town. And the humility and humbleness of these people, you know, where this community shaped these individuals who went out and, and achieved a lot, mm -hmm. but still yet maintained the humbleness of their roots, which was from Koala. And I think when I hear people say, keep Koala, Koala, I think that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Keeping that aloha, keeping that humbleness, keeping that humility, that, you know, no matter what. And you know, I, I talked to, um, oh, geez, I forgot her name now. But anyway, I said, what do you miss the most about Kohala? And, you know, the old Kohala. And she says, I miss the graciousness of the old timers. You know, so olu olu, so loving. And they spoke Hawaiian, you know, in the soft um gentleness of it yeah and when yeah. you ask people you know the real kohala uh, uh that who have lived here for generations their families from here and i asked them um what do you think of kohala how, how do you feel about kohala and three of them cried they didn't know what to say and they said that's my home and they started to cry these were all from yeah. the pule family you know but they uh Oh, that was so touching. Yeah. It's who we are. And those who have traces their roots back. Even if we're not born and raised here, my families are from here. And so we feel that kind of aloha that they had too. Well, thank you very much for uh, the research that you've done. I, I, I understand you probably will put this in some sort of book form. Uh, but, you know, I know you also did research on uh, veterans. Uh, veterans who participate in wars, and uh, that's something uh, that'd be interesting to hear from. But anyway, I want to thank you very much, Lonnie, for being here, and uh, for you listeners out there. Uh, thank you for listening. In. And uh, next Thursday, we're going to be talking about a different topic. I have a young lady here named is Alohi Aikachi, and she's been doing a lot of stuff on coastal preservation. So we'll be hearing from her. Okay, so aloha. And uh, be safe, and uh, we'll see you, see you uh, next Thursday. Okay, aloha. <laughs>